Thank you, Lord. Amen. Woo, thank you, Lord. It's always good to be in His presence. Amen. I know I say that every week, but pretty much true. Here's the deal. It's good being in God's presence. So. You want to go ahead and open your Bibles to John chapter 14. We'll get there in just a minute, but that's where we're, that's where we're going to be. John chapter 14. We'll start in, in verse 1. We're going to focus in a little bit later, but we'll, start, we'll just start in the whole chapter. But I just wanted to give, give testimony to just what God did on, on Wednesday night. Because we had a fun time going out on Wednesday night for our, our go night. Amen? Those of us that went. went. Uh, so our, our go nights are designed for us to just get outside and minister to people in our community. And so we had a plan to just go up the street to uh, the, the, these apartments up here, just kind of focus in our, our neighborhood. And so we were, we were praying beforehand, and we just prayed for God to give us clues. Uh, we call it treasure hunting, but really all we're, all we're asking is for God to give us a few clues about uh, what you want to do or maybe somebody that we can run into that will highlight them for us knowing, hey, God's going to do something in their life. And so, uh, so and I uh, also want to let, give a shout out to the youth. Jerry and some of the youth also went down and ministered uh, to a, a few homeless in our community, homeless community down on the south side here uh, with their ministry and their idea for raising money with their cans. And they're wanting to bless the homeless community. So they found a couple of homeless individuals who they were able to talk with, which is important. Treat them like humans. Give them dignity that's been stripped away from them. See what they needed and just try to meet a few of their needs. Just meet a few of their small needs. Like we're not going to do everything today. but So props to the youth who, who got to do that as well. Some of the youth joined us. Yeah, that's all right. All right. That's good. You go youth. Some of the youth went with us on the, in the neighborhood. So there was all kinds of stuff going on. But we prayed for clues, you know, and, and different people had different things. And there was, there was one that was really specific and uh, that there's going to be a mother in, in distress or in a, a dangerous situation maybe uh, with, with the man and the husband or a husband or boyfriend or something and so, uh, and needed help. And so we were knocking on doors, you know, and if, if you've ever knocked on doors... Most of the time, it's just like whatever, you know. How do you feel when someone knocks on your door? Let's just be honest, right? <laughs> the cops are only at your door? It's for Elizabeth, not for Michael, right? Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I mean, when you... When, when you're not expecting someone at the door, let's be honest. We're like, oh my gosh, is that at my door, right? Let's... Most of y'all are not like, oh, I hope I get to have a great conversation with whoever's at the door, right? So you gotta, we got to realize where they're coming from, right? When we show up on their door and knock on their door and they're not expecting, they're like, who are you? And they're like, we're not expecting you to be like, oh, I've been waiting for you, you know? Um, so most of the time, you know, you don't get a response. But then we have one of our groups who knocks on the door, and there's a, there's a lady who's pregnant and has, has a couple, what, two or three kids already? 
She has six kids. She has multiple children. (laughs) Her husband had just left her. And she had just been praying, Oh God, what am I going to do? And they knocked on the door. That's God right there. They were able to minister. We're working on helping with all kinds of needs. And we'll, we'll help as much as we need to uh, because that was an assignment from God. And so I just want to give testimony. You know, when, when we go out and when we, when we take a risk for the Lord, wherever that is. I mean, it doesn't have to be on our go night. Uh, we're gonna do, we'll do a few more go nights and that's, that's fine. We're going to do that. But you can do that on your own. You can have your own go night. Uh, pray and ask God and go knock on some doors or go find someone somewhere. Just be, be looking to be the church beyond this building. And I'm, I'm right there with you. Most of the time, I, I get on autopilot. I, I'm, I'm as bad as anybody. You know, I've been assigned to go to the grocery store and get something for my wife, right, or my kids. Or do what I, I'm, you know, when I'm at the store, I am... I'm a task person. I'm a focused person. Like I, if I'm going to get bananas and cereal and milk, then I'm not looking to pray for anybody, you know, because the bananas and the cereal and the milk do not need prayer. <laughs> They're not expressing any needs to me. But I'm trying to learn to train myself to just be aware. What if God has me at the right place at the right time for the right person for something to happen? Now, some of you are way better. You like, you like pray before you go in the store. And you're like, oh, I am, I am ready. I'm, I'm ready to get after it right now. So the rest of us are trying to get to that point, or at least we're to that point where we can be aware, be open, like, God, please don't do it. But if you do, I'll do it. <laughs> can't lie to, you can't lie to him, right? Pray an honest prayer. You know, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, you know? That's one of the best prayers in the Bible, I think, is when that guy said to Jesus, I do believe, but help my unbelief. (laughs) I don't believe like I should. Jesus, please help me. And so, uh, anyway, just to encourage you and give testimony of what God has done. We got to pray with a few other people, and there were several several encounters that, that people had. Some were not as, you know, didn't seem as amazing, but every single one of them was an amazing moment because it was God. doesn't matter if it looks small. We were there, and we were sharing the love of Jesus, and we were praying. Something was happening. Something is happening when you pray and you love people. Something happens all the time. Right, Dave? It's impossible to pray and nothing happened. So, anyway, thank you. we just give testimony to what God is doing, and we're saying, Lord, make us aware uh, of what you're doing around us and let us be a part of it. So John 14. So we're going to change, change gears just a little bit here and focus in here on, on what the Lord is bringing out today. John 14 and verse one, verse 1. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the word. We're just going to read this first. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. This is Jesus. He's in the upper room with his disciples and he's He's telling them a lot of stuff. In other words, he's talking about important stuff because he knows he's about to die and then he's going to leave pretty soon after that. So he's, he's going to talk for quite a while about some important stuff, like kind of his last words. And so do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going? If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And so Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works, the miracles, themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I didn't put all those on the screen. I know that. Uh, I just kept reading. (laughs) So sorry, media team. Um, And we're not even going to focus on those last verse, but those are pretty cool, right? (laughs) So I encourage you. I'm not going to talk about that today. What I want to highlight today is the question that Philip said when he says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. You know, there's a longing in every single heart to know God as Father. It's like we know we're born to know someone or something else. You know, there's just got to be more than what we've seen on earth. You know, one of my, and this may seem silly, so forgive me. I probably, you probably need to forgive me for a lot of things when I'm preaching. But um, <clears throat> Jesus commanded you, so you have to. Okay. So one of, one of the stupidest movies ever that we like is called Elf. Right? Really, the, one of the dumbest movies ever made. I'm sorry. It's dumb. I, we love it, though, just because it's dumb and it's ridiculous. Okay. I mean, I hate Santa Claus. I mean, anyway, don't get me... My wife's not here. Just tell me to stop, okay? <laughs> I don't get into all that, so whatever. So, but, but it's all about... this. It, it makes it look so silly that I go, yes, that's how silly it is. Okay, so anyway, there's a scene where, if you don't know the story, I'm not recommending you watch it or not. I'm not recommending or not recommending. I am saying there is an elf who is a human. He's raised in the elf land in the North Pole, Okay? Even when you're saying it right now, it sounds even worse. Okay, so the, so the elf man who's raised with elves finds out he's adopted. You know, he's not like, your, you know, I'm not your real father, you know. And so 
he goes on search for his real father in New York City, right? And so he gets to, he gets to New York City. He's still dressed like an, like an elf, you know, which is a gigantic six-foot-four man with tights on and a green suit and a hat. And so he's looking for his dad. He knows his dad works at the Empire State Building, so he finds his dad, and he's got like a, a, a little half-brother. And so he finally meets his dad. He says, Dad, I've wanted to see you and all this stuff. And his dad's like, oh, his dad didn't know about him. And so he's like, and his dad is not that type to, to show affection. And in fact, he's consumed with his work. He doesn't care about his family. He's just consumed with his work. His, his, his son that he has at home doesn't think that he cares about him. And so the elf son talks with the younger son, who's about 10 or 11 years old, and they start talking about their dad. And the elf son, who is, what's his name, Will Ferrell? Yeah, Will Ferrell, says, oh, we have the best dad in the whole wide world. And the other son says, no, what are you talking about? We have the worst dad in the whole world. And he's like, what are you, you know, he's basically like, what are, what are you talking about? Because we all start with the view that our dad is going to be the best dad in the whole wide world. Now, quickly, we realize, or maybe not quickly, at some point we will realize, no matter how good our dad is, right, it's not true. Some of us have our dads in here, too. Don't look back at them right now. But there's, there's a point where your dad fails you. He, 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 he does something wrong and he, he hurts you. He's imperfect. He's frail. He's broken. And so we're born with kind of the view, I, I believe, that we're like, I have the best dad in the whole wide world. And so the only person we see sometimes is the one right in front of us when the only one who can reveal what it really means to be a father is our father in heaven. And so Philip taps into this longing that he says something. To me, this question it, it gripped my heart when he says, show us the Father and that will be enough. I mean, think about all that Philip had already seen. I mean, Philip had been with Jesus for three years. He'd seen, he'd seen dead people come back to life. He'd seen people healed from leprosy. He'd seen, he'd seen food multiplied, a little bit of food feeding 5,000 plus people twice. <laughs> he'd heard about the fishing miracles with, with Peter. And, you know, he's seen lame people who couldn't walk lifted up and raised up and walk away. He'd seen amazing, he'd seen, he'd listened to Jesus talk about all this amazing stuff. He'd been on the Sermon on the Mount. He'd been with Jesus in the quiet places. He'd, he'd seen Jesus pray. He's, he'd been with Jesus when Jesus was, was correcting people. He'd been with him all this time. So he'd seen a lot of good stuff. But he has this question, he's like, I just need to see the Father. I just, if you can just show me the Father, that'll be enough. That's all I need. And I feel like there's kind of like, there's something in that for our need to know Father God, that we were like, yeah, if I could just get a glimpse of who He is, I need to know the Father. That'll be enough for me. Why do you think the enemy has tried so much to just destroy? I mean, our, our society is a fatherless society right now. I think it's like at least... 
60 plus percent of people in our, in our society are raised without fathers. And probably there's even a more percentage higher that they have a father, but he's very destructive to their life in some way. And even the few of us who had a good dad, we find out at some point they're imperfect. Hopefully my dad's not watching. (laughs) Turn it off right now, dad. Turn the live stream off. (laughs) I mean, I have one of the best dads in the world, I think. I mean, some of you know him. He used to pastor here a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But I still remember the, the first time I heard my dad cuss. And some of you are like, I didn't know Pastor Tom ever did cuss. Yeah, I've heard him more than once. <laughs> and he kind of did it to me. And I, rem- I remember it. Because I was like 12 or 13 years old, and we were in the car, and he said, GD, gosh darn it, but it wasn't gosh darn it. (laughs) Well, you kids, whatever we were doing wrong, we needed to stop doing it. And it was kind of like something shattered for me. It was like I had, before I was the elf son. I have the best dad in the whole world. And it was like suddenly I went to the other side. Whoa, this is the worst dad in the whole world. (laughs) I get you, it's ridiculous because most of you have walked through something way harder. But for me, it was, a, it was like, whoa, what's going on? Now, interestingly enough, I've talked to my brother, and he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Didn't affect his heart. He's just like, oh, this is about to get real here. What's going on? <laughs> so anyway, we all take things differently, right? So some of us were like, oh, that was interesting. And then, you know, that's why with our kids, we never know. One kid can be like, oh, that was the most hurtful thing in the world. The other kid's looking at us like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Get over it, man. <laughs> you know. But it's going to happen at some point where, uh, you know, the, the perfection on earth is, is shattered because we have to find out that I'm, we're never going to find it on earth first. I've thought later on, since my, I got one kid in here, when I had kids later, then I was realized, I was like, I realized, now I know why my dad cussed. Because <laughs> 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 there's a couple, couple times where I'm like, I don't, I've never really been that person, so I don't, it's not a habit I have to break, but I'm like, I'm about to start the habit. <laughs> I didn't, thankfully. I'm going to break that pattern. <laughs> But I've done things to hurt my kids. I didn't cut. It doesn't matter that I didn't cuss. I've still been wrong. Now, the one thing my dad did do that, that he always did with us that I try to do with my kids is he would, he would ask for forgiveness. If he was wrong, he would own up to it. And he would say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Philip said, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus makes this amazing statement. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
In other words, one of the missions of Jesus was to reveal what God looks like. So if you want to know Father God, you've got to first of all get to know Jesus. And if you want to know what He looks like, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, read it till you know the Father. Because when I look at Jesus, here's what I see. I see someone who's incredibly strong, but unimaginably kind. He had both. Not just the strength, but also the kindness. I see someone who's courageous, but also patient. I see someone who's holy, but also forgiving. I see someone who's intensely serious, but unabashedly joyful. I see the best listener and the best speaker. Someone who is uncompromisingly standing and living in righteousness and for righteousness and a heart filled with compassion toward those who are broken. You want to know what the Father looks like? Then look at Jesus. Here's, here's some of the things Jesus did. This is, this is what I want to just bring out, just tell you a few of the stories he did. You know, when Jesus met his disciples, some of them, he, he demonstrated what the Father was. When he met him, he says, hey, your name is this, but I'm going to call you something different now. In other words, your life has been defined a certain way. I'm going to speak something different over you. I'm going to speak something greater over you. That was your name before. That was who you were before, but now you're, there's something more in your life. There's, some, there's something that's going on in you that is going to be greater. I'm going to call it out in you, but I'm going to call you that before you're, before you're actually living it. Because of, what is a father? A father calls out the destiny of his children. You know, you know when, when nobody else was courageous enough to touch the lepers, what does Jesus do? He touches them. That's some courage right there. I mean, the disciples are all like, what are you doing, Jesus? Where's your mask? No, anyway, I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> Uh, shoot me, somebody, not literally, but because there's probably, yeah, it could happen. <laughs> We're in Texas, right? Not California. Um, so Jesus is like, he breaks all the rules, but it's like he totally goes way beyond anything the disciples are, are even comfortable with or even wanting. And he courageously says, when the leper comes to him and says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He says, yes, I'm willing. I'm going to breathe the same breath you're breathing. I'm going to touch the same skin that you can touch me right now. Be clean. He was unafraid to stand 
for the work of God and for what God wanted to do. Jesus showed us the Father when He went to the temple and He cleared it out. I mean, Jesus, it says He started His ministry and ended His ministry by ripping apart the temple, like physically. It says He was like flipping tables over full of stuff. Maybe I should have brought a table in today. Probably not. (laughs) Felicia said no. (laughs) That sounds fun, though. (laughs) Maybe we'll do it in youth. You can do that in youth, Jerry. They can't do it in adults. (laughs) I mean, Jesus goes in and he he like clears it out. Because he's like, man, we, we so miss the purpose of this thing. I, I want you to know the Father. I want you to worship him. But we've got it all confused. We've made it about money and, and a, tra- a physical transaction and, you know, this, you know, this human control element. And he goes in and it says he took a whip. It says Jesus took a whip and he whipped him out of there. I don't know if he actually whipped him or just got it close enough to where they were like smart enough to go, See you later. (laughs) Someone has a whip and they're coming at me. Uh, Unless I'm Indiana Jones, I'm heading for the hills, you know. I'm going, I'm getting out of there. And so Jesus clears, he clears the temple, but he does it. He physically exerts his strength, but it was a demonstration of also his spiritual authority. But yet also another time in the temple, he's so full of compassion that a man comes in with a shriveled hand, and even though the rules were that you could not heal anybody on the Sabbath, Jesus looks around at all the religious people who are saying, you can't do this. This is not the way it's done in church. And it says he had such compassion on him. And he loved the man so much that he said, I don't, I'm going to break all the rules. I don't care what the consequences are. Stretch out your hand. You know, in the the old covenant culture that they were stuck in was like anybody who was defective in any way couldn't come into the, to the temple and worship God. And so Jesus was saying, look, this is what the Father looks like. He's got open arms. He's got open arms. And he cares about the shame that's on your life. And he wants to remove the shame that's holding on to you, that's keeping you from being who you're called to be, from entering into the fullness of your destiny and your calling. That's what the Father looks like. Jesus said, let the little children come. All the disciples are like going, I mean... If we thought it's it's totally different in our culture, but man, the culture then was just like, you did not do that. Well, we kind of had that culture a couple generations ago. It's like the the kids are kind of out of the way, especially the men, right? It's just kind of, you can come out, we can go hunting, or we can learn to work, but, you know, we're not going to play around. But Jesus is like, no, come on. Come sit on my lap. (laughs) We're going to be silly for a minute. We're going to have a good time. We're going to joke around. We're going to tickle one another, whatever. It's, it's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun right now. And guess what? Everyone's welcome. Show us the Father. You 
There's times when, when those came who were, who were oppressed or by demonic bondage, by demons in their life. And Jesus stood in strength and authority and said, no more. No more. Sometimes the Father needs to declare over our lives, no more. That's who He is. He's a a strong Father. He's a Father with authority. He's a Father with power. He's a Father with, with, with a kingdom. And Jesus showed us that aspect of the Father when He confronted anything of the devil and His assistants and said, no, you have no power here. I have the authority. There's a woman caught in adultery. They drag this woman before Jesus. And they're ready to they're ready to stone her. They're ready to kill her. Because of the wrong things that she's done. And Jesus defends her. He doesn't defend her sin, but he defends her as a person, as, a, as one created in the image of God, as one that, that is worthy of redemption, is worth being saved. Like we're not, Jesus is like, look, you're not trash, don't throw yourself away. So he confronts him and says, hey, whoever has no sin, you go first. You go first. If you're perfect... Prove it right now. Throw the first stone. And it says they all left. And he lifts her up and he says, Woman, where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn you. You know what I know what the Father looks like? That's what the Father looks like. But then he said what? Go and sin no more. My compassion is not to leave you in your place of brokenness. My compassion is to rescue you from whatever enemy is trying to ensnare your life and bring you into destruction. No good father would want their children bound to something that's going to bring destruction in their life. He's a good father. But he's also a father who was not afraid to correct and rebuke his disciples in front of everybody else, right? You got Peter standing up and saying, he says amazing stuff, Matthew 16, and Jesus says, that was amazing. God must have revealed, that was revealed by the, the Father in heaven. And then two seconds later he says, you're just like the devil, Get behind me, Satan. Because the Father affirms and corrects. You know, when Jesus was with James and John, who were called the sons of thunder, and uh, 
They didn't get treated very well in the village they went to, right? And so they left the village, and James and John, they asked the question, Jesus, those people didn't know who you were. They were really, they didn't receive anything you wanted. Can we call fire down from heaven and just destroy them all? And it says he rebukes them and says, no, I didn't come to, to destroy, I came to save. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's only one way that we can pass on the Father heart of God to the next generation, to others around us, and then we've got to get to know Him ourselves. We have to allow Him to reveal Himself first to us because we cannot... We cannot transmit what we have not received. We cannot give out what we have not received. And if you're like, hey, I didn't have, I didn't have anybody on earth to give me that example. There's many who, who don't. A high percentage don't in our culture right now. And so we've got to, as the church, we have the opportunity To reveal the heart of the Father. But we first got to get to know Jesus really well. We've got to get him to know him really well so that we're acting like the Father. I don't think we'll ever get to the level where we will say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's not going to happen on this earth. Not for one of us. But as a whole, I think the more we live like Jesus... And the more we allow Jesus to fill us and imprint His image to form the image of Jesus Christ, and it says we are being conformed to His image as followers of Jesus, then we will, guess what? We'll begin to display pieces of who the Father is. And then as the world sees all these pieces, the puzzle will come together and they'll go, that's what the Father looks like. And it's so hard when you, when you have, but when you don't have all the puzzle pieces, you can't figure out what it's supposed to, how it's supposed to fit together, right? You have those puzzles where your kids lose half the pieces, but then they want you to still finish the puzzle somehow, right? It's like, well, we can't, we can't finish this one because we don't, <laughs> never going to happen. doesn't matter how amazing you think your dad is. Um, first of all, he's horrible at puzzles, Right? Yep, Evan's shaking his head. So, uh, so get your mother. But, <laughs> but even if it's an easy puzzle, if I don't have all the pieces, I'm not going to put it together. And so sometimes the world is like trying to put together the puzzle. Of what, what does God look like? And they're missing half the pieces. We don't have the box. Where's the box? Here's the box. You know what the puzzle pieces look like? Right here. This is what the puzzle pieces look like. You don't have to be all the puzzle pieces, but guess what? You're going to get one of them that Jesus is going to imprint on you and live it out for somebody else, and they're going to have a glimpse of who the Father is. You know, there's nothing my kids can do to make me stop loving them. 
There's nothing they can do. Those of us who are parents, we know. There's, there's nothing. There is nothing that our kids can do that will make us stop loving them. Doesn't mean we're not going to be upset at them. Doesn't mean we might not be disappointed or correct them or have any of those things. But my love is going to be there no matter what. You know, and Jesus told the story of the, what, the prodigal son, right? With, there are two sons, really the story of two sons. And, you know, one of them, the younger son says, give me my inheritance. Which in that uh, culture basically meant, I wish you were dead so I could just have your money. That's, pr- that's pretty much what he was saying. Like, I don't care that you're alive. I just want, I just want what you're going to give me. Man, what a, that's like right there. If that ever happened to us as a parent, as a father, that'd be heartbreaking. It'd be crushing. But this, this father, who is obviously Jesus, is telling the story to represent who? The father, Father God in heaven, gives him the inheritance. And it says he goes, of course, if you know the story, it says he goes and he, he wastes it on wild living. He, he lives it up for as long as he can. And then at some point, no matter how big an inheritance is, guess what? It might run out. Inheritances can always run out on earth. And so he starts trying to feed pigs. And he has this thought in his mind. He says, I should go back to my father's house. I can just be one of his slaves. Because even his slaves get a place to sleep and they can eat food. Because it says he was, he was wishing he could eat the, the disgusting things he was feeding the pigs. I have no idea what you feed pigs. But whatever it was, was not good. That, you know you're hungry when you want pig food, okay? That fast has really kicked in. <laughs> so, but he says, he says he came to his senses. It's like, to me, that's, something has to happen, where you come to your senses. And he says, I'll just go back to my father and be his slave. But it says as he was out in the distance, it says his father was looking for him. And his father... Rather than saying, we're going to wait and see what, what happens. When, what's he going to say when he gets here? <laughs> you coming back to say, I've made some good investments, Dad. I'm going to pay you back. And, you know, I've been really working the stock market. And it's not working right now, but, you know, he'll come back. Uh, you know, it says the father runs. It says this father ran out to him. It says he embraced him. And he put his robe on him. He gave him his ring. In other words, it's like, hey, you're, you're mine. You have my authority. You, you're, you're, you belong to me. And he's like, I want to just be your slave. And he's like, he's already like, no, you've already, you've already been made. A, you're the son. Show us the father. That's, the, that's what the father looks like. It says the second son, the older son, was mad, right? Why was the older son mad? He says, 
He, he refused to go into the party when the younger son came home. He's like, Dad, hello. Dude, this guy is just using you, man. What is up? Can you get a clue? This is my translation. You're being taken for a ride. He's just going to do it again. Did, did we not? Hey, I've never done anything like that. When was the last time you had a party for me? And it says the father said, look, hey, everything I have is yours. You've never asked. You could have had anything you asked for, but you never asked for it in my house. Now, here's another interesting thought. Is this. The rightful one who was meant to go search and represent the father in the family is the oldest son. So the oldest son's calling in some ways was really to go to his younger brother and bring him back home. That's why Jesus, in the household of God, is our good older brother. Because he didn't stay in the father's house. But he left his father's house to come to the younger sons and daughters who are out wasting the inheritance away on earth, living a life of, of sin and destruction, and said, come home. And in fact, went beyond what the older son was meant to do when he took the punishment for our sins. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. See, we don't get to define love. Humans don't get to define love. Love is defined by Father God. This is love. That's the kind of father everyone wants. That's the kind of father everybody's been dreaming about. That's the kind of father everyone's born with. Yeah, that's the dad I want to look up to. That's the one I want to, want to be. A, that's the family I want to be a part. I want to be a part of that kind of family. Who doesn't want to be in that kind of family? Where there's forgiveness, where there's freedom, where there's blessing, where there's abundance, where there's joy, where there's provision, where there's understanding, where there's communication. This is love. That's 1 John 4.10 if you need to find it later. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. So my encouragement to you today as we close is this. Ask the Lord to reveal Himself to you as a father. So the world can see. So you can know. First of all, so you can know. And once you know, you can share a little puzzle piece with somebody else of who the Father is.
Let me, let me pray over you if, you, if you wouldn't mind standing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus, we just, we just ask you right now that every, for every single one of us, God, we need, a, we need a greater glimpse of who you are so we can know the Father. Jesus, you're the way. You're the only way. You're the only truth. You're the only life. We choose to go through you. And so, Lord, we just declare over our hearts and minds that we would, every single person in this room, every family represented here, even those who aren't in this room, God, we just declare, Lord, just a revelation of the Father's heart. We just declare a revelation of the, the family of God. God, give us love for people. Give us, give us, give us compassion instead of judgment. Lord, let us start with compassion. Let us not compromise, Lord. Let us be, be pure and holy and stand for righteousness and live righteously without being ashamed. Let us be strong enough to stand up to spiritual forces and say, no more. Let us love children. Let us love children like you do, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give us the heart of the Father. Lord, heal anything in us. Anybody who is, who's in here, God, I just declare healing over their hearts. Anything that needs to be healed, God, just any confusion, any brokenness in the puzzle piece, God, we just, just declare that that would be healed today. We invite you, Father God, to reveal yourself and your goodness and your healing power. Lord, you're not just, you're not just loving, you're strong. So we declare both of those words being released to bring healing in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's pray for the prodigals right now. If you have someone in your family or someone that you deeply care about who is who's walked away from the Lord, I just want to pray for them right now. Just, just put them before the Lord. Right now, in Jesus' name, we just call those prodigals home. Those ones who've wandered away, God, who they did know you or they knew about you at least, God, but we, we just pray that they come home. We pray that they would come to their senses. God, rescue them. Lord, those who are stuck in addiction or those who are stuck in confusion, God, those who are stuck in rebellion, those who are, who are stuck in just hurt and pain and unforgiveness, God, whatever they're stuck in, God, they're stuck in the mud with the pigs and we just say, we just say come home. Let them come home, O oh God. 
Lord, there's parents here, their hearts hurt, God, and so we just join in agreement with those parents and those grandparents who are crying out to you, who are saying, Lord, do something. And so we know that you're hearing our prayer. Just like this young lady in our neighborhood was praying, God, you're, you're, you're sending people. You're doing something. You're moving right now in their lives. You're waking them up, God. You're sending divine appointments to them, God. You're dropping Bible verses back into their minds, God. You're, you're revealing, you're bringing songs back that they heard when they were children. Whatever it is, God, you're just doing those things. We're calling them home in Jesus' name. Lord, let there be a great return of people to Jesus. Maybe that needs to happen before the, the world comes in. It's like just those in the house need to come back home. Lord, and just remove the judgment from the, from, the, from the family of God, from the church that would point the finger first, God. Help us, forgive us when we've done that too much. We're not talking about compromising, but we're just talking about judgment without forgiveness, Lord. We just know that mercy triumphs over judgment. And so, Lord, we thank you for the mercy of God being released in these situations, in these lives, in these loved ones that we care for. The mercy of God in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, come on up. We're going to pray for you if you need prayer. Uh, for anything, if you need healing still on your body or just something to God to touch you, if you do not know who Jesus is, I invite you to uh, get prayer before you leave. Have a blessed rest of your Father's Day.